0: Poland, uh, things that come to mind, not a whole lot, no.
1: Uh, Polish sausages? No, I don't know anything about that (laughs) country. pierogies.
2: Is that it? We hope it's not. That's what we're going to try to show you. Welcome to Polcast, Pol and all that jazz.
3: Hello, I'm Małgorzata Bonikowska. And I'm Tomek Kniat. Welcome to the 28th episode of Polcast. In this episode, we will tell you about
2: young Polish singers who charm the world with their international folk music,
3: why a passionate mountain climber loves his mountain adventures and why so many Poles share his passion.
2: And how, in some places in Poland, cars drive uphill with their engines off.
0: So, I'm Robert, and I'm uh, 20 years old, and I'm the son of Polish immigrants. I've grown up in Canada my whole life.
4: I am Rachel and I am 20 years old as well. I am the daughter of two Canadians and I went to Poland for my first time about two months ago.
3: So what are the most lasting impressions?
4: When I first arrived in Poland what I noticed was how small everything was. Like the cars, the, the apartments, but there's so many old structures and buildings and a lot of sightseeing to do and see and a lot of history. You could tell there was a lot of history in Poland, which I liked a lot. I learned about a lot of the history.
0: Poland's very strong and proud and anywhere you go, every street corner, every every step you take has so much history behind it, and they Poland showcases it pretty well. Yeah. Um,
4: you can tell the people are proud to be Polish.
0: Yeah everything maybe is closer together in a kind of way and it's a lot more walk friendly so you can walk from place to place and the biggest surprises something you didn't expect there for me it's like the one thing like I've been to Poland many times but like one thing I notice is they they speak what's on their mind they're very free thinking and they're not really afraid to hurt your feelings which is nice in some ways when you come into someone's home in Poland they open not just their home but they open their hearts and their minds? Uh, nah, I don't know about if they open their minds, but no. they'll let you know what their mind is, right? And it's yeah. nice because it's kind of like a trust, And to be honest.
4: And at first I thought everyone was kind of rude, and <laughs> I felt uncomfortable. <laughs> but um, as I stayed there, I understood how they work and how they are as people.
3: <laughs> Did you learn any Polish
0: while you were there?
4: Yeah, I learned a lot of Polish, and now when I overhear someone speaking Polish I can slightly understand what they're saying so I learned quite a few words, the main ones are Dobranoc, dziękuję, dzień dobry, Dobra, dokładnie, wiem
2: Young artists inspired by the traditional musical styles of their ancestors. That's what Laboratorium Pieśni, Song Laboratory, is all about. It's a group of eight young women from the Polish Tri-City, the three Baltic Sea coast cities of Gdańsk, Gdynia and Sopot. Their shared passion is roots music, folk songs from all over the world, Poland, Ukraine, the Balkans, Belarus, Georgia, Scandinavia and many other places. Their YouTube videos are watched by thousands of people from all over the world. Irrespective of their ethnic backgrounds, they're all charmed by the music, as well as the costumes and landscapes in the videos. I'm talking to Karolina Stawiszyńska, one of the eight singers whom I reach in Poland. This is such a very unusual kind of music, style of music. How did you get interested in and how did you find each other? How come you all got together, the eight of you?
5: in our band we have sisters we have best friends we have classmates and we have people girls who came to um to workshop all kind of just clicked alina had this idea and she always wanted to found a um a band of of maybe not exactly female singers but eventually we became a group of eight female singers and uh, so, so it all came together quite naturally. There was no casting; that we just met.
2: How did you get into that kind of music? Searching for roots—it's a constant search, isn't it?
5: Uh, it is exactly. I got interested in in this type of music. I guess when I was in high school, I met a friend. He wanted to found a group of folk singers, and I started listening to to folk music and folk bands. And it all seemed very sincere and uh, and honest and uh, what i like about this music i think the most are these harmonies because what we do with laboratorium pieśni is mostly polyphonic music so uh beautiful harmonies from from all over the europe from balkan region um how the how the melodies how they come together
2: the music that you perform um, and that you sing is it really represents a range of different regions. Why do you choose this particular piece and not another? Why this region?
5: Some of these songs uh, were brought to the band by Alina Yurtsevich. She was previous member of uh, of this group called Cardinita. Cardinita is a um, center for theater practices. It's a study group. It brings together people interested in research, arts and music, and it's classified as an experimental anthropological theater. At that time, she also um, attended a couple of workshops with ladies from uh, this group called Drevo from Ukraine. She uh, visited um, Polish villages, gathering material on her own, and she also took a trip to Albania and and. Uh, gathered and collected some songs over there. So it's, it's both field trips and workshops and, and people sharing songs with us because that also happens. You do make your own arrangements? Sometimes. You know, in Polish singing tradition, not always you have this poly, polyphony. And to try to make things more interesting to us, uh, we try to add different melody lines and, and try to, to create new harmonies. We have Camila, she graduated uh, music school and Music Academy, she's the brain behind all that. When the song for us speaks for itself or, or if, when it's that beautiful that you couldn't possibly add something else because it, it's complete, it's whole. Uh, but, but sometimes, yeah, sometimes to make things a bit more ours, we would add something, add, add some uh, drums or, or shakers or different melodies,
2: Obviously, because you you play those uh, this, this old, old music, there must be some traditional instruments of those regions and times.
5: Well, I wouldn't call them traditional, um, actually, because uh, the instruments that we use not always go together with the songs we're singing, I mean, traditionally and historically. But the um, instruments that we use, uh, these are called uh, shamanic drums. One of our friends is making shamanic drums on his own. We have a couple of drums like that. Then we have different shakers from all over the world. Some of them brought from our trips. Some of them just bought here locally. Um, what else? I'm just trying to look around in my own apartment and try to <laughs> And we also have something called, um, Shruti box, like, um, Hindu accordion and then, um, also, uh, Koshi bells. These are yeah, Hindu instruments. So instruments, I wouldn't say they are random, but they come from different places, different spaces and different times. It's a mix. I think we're quite um, international and, and cosmopolitan when it comes to uh, song, song selection and, and, and instruments.
2: And of course, your songs are in various languages, yes? You, you try to keep the original language that the song you know, of the region that the song comes from, right?
5: Yes, absolutely. And this is, uh, I think, one of the most difficult things. Because we learn the music quite fast, that's not a problem. But to learn the the language and to learn the the correct pronunciation, it's not always easy. There's no way around it. We know that it's not always ideal, but we will not let it stop us.
2: Apart from the concerts, I understand, there are performances in which you link your music with theatre.
5: Yeah, the, the last thing uh, we did was uh, Pustanota, Empty Night. It was a theater performance based on songs that were sung in Kashubian region after one's death. The family and, and neighbors would gather around the, the body of the deceased. And until it was buried, uh, they would sing these traditional songs. This was quite extraordinary and it brought... A lot of people to the theaters. It was very, very well received, and it was, um, I think, something one of a kind. There's also a festival, mm. Novios Novisco. So something uh, that again Alina has thought about, and she brought it to life. Uh, it's a festival to celebrate spring and and new life, and and all and all that that everything that spring brings. It's, uh, it's a weekend event. Uh, that takes place in Parkolivsky in Gdańsk. And there you can listen to music, uh, attend workshops, different workshops, not only musical workshops. Uh, so, uh, like do it yourself, also theater performances.
2: Is there interest in this kind of music uh, in um, the 21st century Poland?
5: Absolutely. And I'm happy to say that not, not only Poland, we see growing interest in, in what we do from month to month, uh, to be honest. What we hear most of the time is that uh, people are fed up with, with pop culture, with, you know, I don't know, Lady Gaga and Rihanna. And for once, they'd like to listen to something else something simple, something coming from your heart. More and more people are contact, contacting us and then wanting to book a concert or or wanting to meet or, or asking different questions. And, and uh, we were super fortunate to visit France this, this year because, yes, we got invited to different festivals. And, and so have you done a lot
2: of traveling?
5: Yes, yes. 2014... Uh, We won first place at Fama Festival, it's a student festival in Poland for for different arts and music. So we came first, uh, which came with a prize that helped us record our first album. Winning that festival uh, helped us reach more people and the audience has been growing ever since. So as a result we got invited to different places. Being in Laboratorium in gives you a lot of travel opportunities recently, and and meeting very interesting people, both in Poland and abroad.
2: So it's kind of it's it's like going back to the roots, but also it's, it can sounds kind of new agey.
5: <laughs> uh, I have to say yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh yeah, it's both it's all the new coming together. I hope.
2: To hear Laboratorium Pieśni's songs and watch their performances, please visit our website at mypolcast.com.
3: Imagine riding your car uphill with its engine off.
2: Drive to the bottom of a hill, take your foot off the brake and be prepared to be amazed. Your car will roll uphill in total defiance of natural law, even as your brain is telling you it is simply not possible.
3: There are about nine places like that in Poland. This attraction is a completely natural phenomenon with two competing explanations.
2: The first is that it is not a hill, just an optical illusion, when the configuration of the surrounding terrain makes us believe that the road is going up, whereas in reality it is slightly downhill.
3: The second one is that the underground magnetic ore deposit is strong enough to cause a car movement.
2: One way or the other it is quite an experience. The most popular spot like that is on Strażacka Street in the city of Wałbrzych in the Lower Silesia region.
3: But if you don't want to fly to Europe to experience this unusual phenomenon, there is also the magnetic hill in Moncton, New Brunswick, where observers also noted that the water in the local drainage ditches also seemingly runs uphill.
2: Poles love mountains and mountain climbing. Why? You will hear an interesting hypothesis from a passionate mountain lover who has done a lot of climbing in his life. Jacek Shivek lives in Toronto, but goes mountain climbing whenever he can. As he says, everyone has their own reasons to go to the top. What are his reasons? Your great passion um, outside your professional life is uh, climbing and mountains. How did it start? Where did you get that interest?
6: Well, it started with my father. He was always taking us to the Polish Tatra Mountains. And since I was, I think, three years old, he would take me there once minimum a year, sometimes two if possible, three times. And that passion was always with me. Part of our family, we all loved it. I have three sisters. We all did that. And um, we started when we were kids, and I'm still doing it till today.
2: And you're doing it on a big scale. What are your recent achievements?
6: Well, the latest one that I climbed was Matterhorn in Switzerland. We climbed also a small Matterhorn uh, right next to it uh, on our last trip. Previously, I was climbing in British Columbia. I lived there for a few months and uh, over there, there was, I met a lot of people who just have the same passion, uh, a lot of them Polish. On, on Thursday night, they'll say, hey, we're going climbing. And boom, on Friday morning, we're leaving. <laughs> so they have the same passion. And a lot of people who were actually not Polish, they'd be like, oh, maybe we can go camping and, and just, you know, chill out and go by the fire. And the Polish people are like, let's do that on the top of the mountain, not at the bottom. <laughs>
2: how often do you go where do you go what is your favorite destination uh,
6: well I went to Alberta I went to British Columbia um, in in Alps in Europe and polish Tatra mountains uh, I did go to Nepal once uh, we wanted to go to base camp of uh, Mount Everest um, but unfortunately they had some major problems over there with shootings and stuff like this that were happening at the airport. So we, we didn't end up going there. We went to a trek through Annapurna region, and that was, that was an amazing trip as well. Practically every time I hear there's a possibility of any climbing mountains, I go. I, I had a little break because I have two small kids. So for a few years, I didn't climb anything major. This was uh, the last time, the last year that we climbed a Matterhorn. That was the the last trip that I made
2: and you take pictures and you also make films what 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 is the purpose of filming it and and making taking pictures
6: to tell you the truth that when I watch that stuff again I live the experience again the feelings are identical standing on top of the mountain or watching as I was doing that before the feeling is the same It's, it's unbelievable so I always do it I always take lots of pictures and videos and I put it all together and I make videos and I show it to my family and friends and uh, the last video that I made for my friends when we went in Alberta, one guy, when he was watching it was about 20, 20 minute video, he said he watched it all night. You stop watching it, <laughs> watch it again. Stop watching, watch it again. Stop watching. He says he couldn't stop watching it because he went with us, but it was so good. He was so, so happy to have it because you just relive the same experience just simply by watching the same movie.
2: Is it what is what is it about climbing? Is it is it the actual climbing that's so much uh, well, I don't know so much fun or so so fascinating, or is it the moment that you are on the top of that mountain and what you see and the sense of achievement? Which part is more important to you and why?
6: Uh, to be honest with you, everybody climbs for their own reasons. I notice people have different reasons for climbing. I think for me, the major reason is not being at the top. And it's, it, the climbing itself is usually a very painful experience. <laughs> it's a very challenging experience. For me, it's what it makes out of me, who I become as a person, overcoming the challenges. To look at myself after and to achieve something that is impossible for most people, that shapes your character. And that's why I climb.
2: But you could just as well dive. Or you could just as well, I don't know, explore caves. So that would be equally. I equality. did that too. Oh, you did that too? Oh, okay. And <laughs> how course, did, yeah, I'm how...
6: diving and I'm cave, caving oh. and I, 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 oh. uh, I even underwater caves and stuff like that. Oh I explored my God. it all. So
2: both. Okay, And but which, which of those two is more important, going down somewhere or going up and seeing things from the top?
6: It's a, it's a totally different experience. See, when when I go diving, I go for beauty, to explore things, a world that is unknown to us when we walk around here. We see uh, creatures that we never knew they existed and stuff like this. It's beautiful. But it's very, it's not challenging. You just, you know, you go on the boat and then you just go with the current. Climbing is very physically and mentally challenging. I remember the last time, when we climbed the small Matterhorn, we were going with my friend, and I was so exhausted that I couldn't even put my one foot in front of the other. Just I was doing half steps because I couldn't do a full step. And the last thing on my mind was, I am not climbing Matterhorn. That's, and I was like, how am I going to explain to my partner, my climbing partner, we spend all this money, all this time, that there's no way I'll be able to climb the bigger mountain if I'm having such a hard time on a small one. But I didn't tell him. And two days after we recovered and then we climbed and everything was fine. And, and then on the way down, and I told him what I was thinking. And he's like, I was
3: thinking exactly the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you didn't tell me because we would have
1: quit.
2: <laughs> we talked before about the special role that climbing has in among Poles. Everywhere you go, you said, you see a lot of Polish people climbing. Is that right?
6: That's right. And uh, funny enough, I took my wife once to Polish Tatra Mountains and uh, there's this peak, uh, Caspro Vivier, uh, very popular because it, it has a gondola going to the top. And the lineup for the gondola was so long. I told my wife, I'm not standing in the lineup. For this, let's walk. And she's like, uh, okay, there's a perfectly fine gondola. I'm like, let's walk. So we walked. And you know what's so funny? The lineup at the top of the mountain was so long because so many people climbed it (laughs) very close to the peak there were hundreds of people there and my wife is like these polish people are nuts
2: so you notice that in many other places right that there's so many poles why do you think so why do you think it's so it's so incredibly popular
6: well it's difficult to explain um but polish people they they love challenge for some reason, and you, the bigger the challenge, the more they love it. And I think they they're a little bit stubborn too, because every time you tell a Polish person that you can't do this, uh, you know, they're like they're fine they're trying to find a way if that's possible. <laughs> I'll give you one example. Um, I went to. Gibraltar once, and they have a beautiful rock over there. And then that was our honeymoon with me and my wife. My wife's not Polish; she's Portuguese. And there was this path. The sign was "Do not enter." This path is not maintained, and so on. And I'm like, this path takes you to the peak of the of the rock. I'm going. And my mom was like, no, it says, do not, I'm like, for a Polish person, it means welcome, let's go. <laughs> and, and I'm going, she's like, oh my goodness, she wasn't too happy. But we got to the very top, there was nobody there. So we found a, a beautiful spot right at the peak, and then I turned around, and there was two two people, another couple. And they were Polish too. <laughs> of course, yeah. I <laughs> heard who else would have climbed it? <laughs> and I woke up to them and I said, can you guys take a picture of us? And they started laughing because that's, that's what they were talking about. There's only Polish people would <laughs> go into this place. I don't know what it is. It's just, it's something in us. It's something in our blood uh, that we love it so much. And when you're looking at uh, the tallest mountains in the world and all the records of speed and climbing in the wintertime of Himalayas, Polish people dominate that uh, above any other nation. <laughs> it's not that we have more money. It's not that we have more skills. It's not that we have uh, more talent. We're just like anybody else. But we have this mindset that if there is a challenge and, and somebody tells us it's impossible, we want to prove them wrong.
2: To see amazing photos and videos from Jacek Shivek's trips, please visit our website at mypolcast.com.
3: In the last episode we played this sound, wondering if you can guess what it is and where in Poland you can hear it.
2: The phrase Polish folklore is usually associated with images and sounds of folk music and dances. But what about urban folklore?
3: And there is a lot of tradition and culture specific to towns and cities in Poland. One of them is Kapela Czerniakowska, the one you just heard, a street band performing on the streets of Warsaw since late 1968, bringing to life traditional songs from the rich history of the city.
2: In fact, this is a much older tradition, going back to the pre-war Lviv, then a Polish city, where each street had its own band. Those street bands were particularly popular in Warsaw, and many of their songs became real hits. During World War II, those musicians encouraged Varsovians to fight and resist the Germans.
3: After the fall of communists, there has been a revival of this urban music tradition, with festivals of the traditional groups and the emergence of new bands. it's time for our next sound from poland here it is listen think guess where do you need to be in poland in order to hear this sound and what is it You've been listening to the 28th episode of Polcast. Polcast is created, recorded and produced in Toronto by...
2: Małgorzata Bonikowska
3: and Tomek Kniat.
2: For full-length interviews, visuals and a lot of additional information, please visit our website at mypolcast.com.
3: We're always curious about your reactions, comments and suggestions. Also ideas for new stories. Please share them on our website, mypolcast.com.
2: And we leave you with another song by Laboratorium Pieśni. Uh.
1: Oj, ty rzeko, oj rzeko, czemuś ty nie pe... Yeah. Thank